politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow friends, patriots and countrymen to the Conservative Review podcast here at Blaze Media on this Friday. Yes, it is informal Friday for us here. It's also free for all Friday where we dispense of all the stories or some of the stories that we didn't have time to get to this week because it really has been a very busy week. You guys, yes, you guys, and you know who you are. You've been keeping me busy. I have probably gotten more content this week from the audience than any other week. Um, I've noted before that there are so many stories out there that prove our point on the law and the policies being too weak on criminals, on so many crimes, heinous crimes being committed by illegal aliens that go unreported. And, you know, if you're not living in that market and you don't know to look for it, you're not going to find it. And certainly no one in politics is going to find it because we're driven, obviously, by data, by logical arguments. The left always uses stories to push policy. And if anything happens that in their mind is a rebuke to conservatives or the so-called Republicans, the right, and proves the veracity of their argument, they're going to milk that to death. Whereas if there is a series of just unvarnished truths that are revealed from a stream of, of stories of criminal alien crimes and, you know, uh, criminals that are let out pre-trial, post-trial, post-conviction with little or no time and go on to commit other crimes and murder people, you'll never hear about it because Republicans are downright on the other side of the issue, even though they campaign one way. So I certainly appreciate that you guys have helped contri contribute to that. And look, you could always email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Um, you know where to find me on Twitter, at rmconservative. I've seen a lot of stuff. Look, I can't say I, I read everything that's tweeted at me. It's very hard to do that. Um, but, you know, it is likely that I will see some of these cases. And I, I apologize if I don't remember where I've seen each one. But one story from Allison, and you know who you are. Um, I, I saw this from you. I wouldn't have seen this otherwise. That I think embodies the time we are living in. It ominously reflects the Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the perversion, the, the inverse of priorities from our government, really the perverse focus of even conservative media and so-called conservative politicians and uh, um, think tanks, much less the left, on our priorities as a federal government, as a state government, what our priorities should be for America. We started off the week noting in honor of Veterans Day, how we are not honoring the commitment of our veterans by sending them overseas on these random missions or ill-defined or non-defined missions that have nothing to do with us while bringing in the problems at home, while bringing in terrorism, while bringing in espionage. We did a great show on that yesterday. While bringing in cultural subversion, while bringing in gangs and drugs and criminal aliens and sex offenders and illegal alien drunk drivers. But also, we noted having at home crime and violence, literally what Calvin Coolidge spoke to 
1927 when he commemorated Memorial Day and he said it's only worth fighting for our prerogatives abroad if we actually have um, peace and tranquility at home or we don't have it and we have crime and violence instead. And I'm watching today as we have the second day of these impeachment hearings and we're talking about Ukraine and Ukraine this and Ukraine that. And I'm thinking, none of this matters. Let's say Trump would get impeached and convicted. I mean, it's not going to happen that the Senate would convict him and, and throw him out. But let's say it would. I mean, at this point, the left is winning on all those things that matter. They're winning anyway. There's a part of me that wonders, maybe we need Elizabeth Warren as president where people will finally wake up and see that when your stupid Republican politician and Koch brother funded phony conservative Inc. organization talks about bail reform and criminal justice reform, well, hey, buddy, this is what it actually means. And these are the consequences. Look, I'm not saying I, I, I don't want Trump to get reelected in, in light of the opposition. I'm just saying there's a, there's a side of me that wonders if maybe we need to, maybe it's not obvious enough. Maybe it's too subtle. But the story that Allison sent me on Twitter, and thank you again for your, your help with this. I wouldn't have seen it without you. This really brings this to life. A Vietnam War veteran, a Marine, killed by an illegal alien drunk driver who should have been taken off the streets. This death was 100% avoidable. And he died about 6 p.m. Sunday night just six hours before he would have celebrated another Veterans Day. But it was also, Sunday, was the 244th anniversary of the birth of the Marine Corps. And this was a Marine veteran. Samuel W. w. Jackson. This is a man from Norristown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philly, Montgomery County. And he is another name that the politicians will never talk about, no one will ever hear about, no one will craft policy around him like, like they do uh, illegal aliens and criminals. And, you know, you wonder, there's a Republican senator, Senator Pat Toomey, does he even know about this? If I told his office about it, I'll send it to his office when the article comes out. There's several Republican congressmen from that state, a number of Republican congressmen. Imagine if every Republican senator and congressman, when you had endless cases of both jailbreak and sanctuaries, and once again today, we're going to merge the two together, occur in their various jurisdictions. If they would press it, speak their names, demonstrate how the policies are screwed up, and here's what we need to do to fix it. So this guy, Samuel W. Jackson, was getting out of his car parked on the side of the road. Um, on This is this Sunday night, and a car driven, a Chevy driven by Nemias Perez Severiano, 31 years old, plowed into him going very fast, speeding, and dragged his body for 55 feet. I mean, that must have been awful. Um, and killed him. The driver, as with many of these people, fled the scene, but police, use, police used camera footage to catch him. And by the way, we're gonna, this is going to be a reoccurring theme, a very much a side point. I know I get into a lot of tangents here, but police technology has grown much quicker than the technology of crime. So we should be achieving a much 
lower rate of crime because they should be deterred because they're caught more. And indeed, they are caught more, but they're released more. We're not convicting them enough. And that's why when crime is going up in many places or the plummet is plateauing, that's a problem. The same way if life expectancy would suddenly start ticking up in America for a few years, you're not like, well, it's still well over it was in 1890. Well, that's stupid. This is just a stupid thing to say. But side point. Anyway, local media reported him as a Norristown man. The criminal, that is, the Severiano. Um, and not a single local reporter. And, and this is there's tons of articles on this. This is a very big deal because basically what happened was um, the family put out the uh, notice that they wanted a, a military funeral. And they went to the VFW, the local VFW chapter there and put out this note they they didn't they couldn't find his um uniform he was a vietnam war vet so another marine um donated his uh his uniform so he could so this guy could jackson could wear at the funeral which will take place tomorrow so it was all over the news the philly inquirer did a whole write-up on it not a single article reported that this guy was an illegal alien when it was obvious he was caught driving without a license it's a dead giveaway, usually, you know, given the name plus driving without a license plus being drunk, which is a hallmark of the machismo culture of these countries. And which is why we have an epidemic in this country of illegal alien drunk drivers. So um, ICE confirmed with me, their Pennsylvania um, press person, that they lodged the detainer November 12th with Norristown Police Department. Um, now, he was not released. He actually was held on 200,000 bond, which that, that's actually more than almost anyone does. A lot of them hold them on nothing or little bond, and we're going to get to that a lot more in a minute. But um, there you go. A man who died hours before Veterans Day on the 244th anniversary of the Marine Corps. A Marine who was sent abroad to fight in Vietnam dies in his own community from an illegal alien. Now, if we had a sane Republican Party and a sane presidential administration, they would run for re-election on the following proposition. Every crime committed by an individual illegal alien in America should be the last crime committed by him. I wish we could say that about American criminals, but as you well know, we're never going to hold real low-level criminals, I'm not talking about the fake ones, we're not going to hold them. Certainly much less incarcerate them for forever. We're not going to even hold them overnight in jail. I mean, that's just the reality. So you're going to have to deal with their recidivism. So it's hard to say, well, you know, if they go out and kill someone, it, it could have been avoided. Often it could have been, and we're going to get to a case with jailbreak. But an illegal alien, and drunk driving is habitual, it's a habitual crime of illegal aliens. It's habitual of anyone who does it, but it's very endemic of the illegal alien population. And usually if you're arrested for it once, it means you were doing it other times and weren't caught, or you're often arrested other times. Again, a typical American caught for drunk driving when there is nothing, you know, no nothing happened, no bodily injury, no death, Sometimes even when there is, but certainly if there isn't, they're not going to hold you. 
Okay, that, that's just the reality. Even multiple offenses often not going to hold you. So, you know, that guy is going to be a ticking time bomb to go out again drunk, you know, with several thousand pounds of steel waiting to kill the, the next victim. But in this case, this guy was an illegal alien. On May 26th, just a few months ago, he was arrested in the area. Um, this is according to what I found. This is not in any article. I found this. Um, a friend of mine helped me find this. And uh, you know who you are, Jason. Thank you. Um, my, my freelance research assistant. Because <laughs> uh, I don't have anyone uh, you know, paid for here. So according to Montgomery County court records, he was arrested May 26th for public drunkenness and similar misconduct. That's what it says in the court file. Now, again, you know, that is considered low level public drunkenness. We're not going to hold the guy fine. But if he's an illegal alien, why? Done. I mean, any illegal alien who is arrested for a crime needs to be out of here. Now, I don't think this is a sanctuary jurisdiction, but I think this was a classic case where he was a first timer. ICE didn't have him on record. And, you know, something this low level, you're in and out. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that with the next case. So there's sanctuaries. And then there's a level of even if you didn't have sanctuaries, local law enforcement need to do their job. Just because it's not required, because there wasn't, uh, to my knowledge, there was no ICE detainer in that first case. They didn't know about it. Every Republican running for local and state office needs to run on the simple proposition. We talk about the citizenship question on the census. Very important. But the most important citizenship question is when you're arrested. You and I, every day of our lives, irrespective of how we look, right? It has nothing to do with how we look. We could look fully American. We could look more likely to be an immigrant. But everyone is asked either from private vendors, credit card companies, whatever, or interacting with government officials, state, county, federal, at some level, are you a U.S. citizen or what country are you a citizen of? Shouldn't it be standard that everyone arrested, okay, your weight, your eye color, this, this is the most important thing because this is going to determine whether you're out again to endanger other people. And again, like we're going to get to, a hell of a lot of American criminals are let out who shouldn't be let out, even though the political class, bipartisan, thinks too many people are locked up. But inevitably, there are going to be people that are ticking time bombs that it's just what you catch the guy on is too low. This public drunkenness and misconduct. So they're always going to be let go. But an illegal alien, oh, you know what? Well, I'm not going to you know, convict you for this or whatever, hold you. Oh, but you're, what country are you a citizen of? Especially in this case, it would have been obvious. And oh, you're Mexico. This guy's from Mexico. Um, okay, boom. Call up ICE. You're out of here. Had that happened, Samuel W. Jackson would have still been alive. Why Republicans don't talk about this, I don't know. Why they don't mandate and ice apprehension of drunk drivers and, um, I mean, it is current law, but punish sanctuaries for not turning them over. Not to say Montgomery County was a sanctuary here. It's beyond me. Next case. This is a case that merges immigration with jailbreak perfectly. So remember how we talked about the fact that 
with everyone being released helter-skelter now, this abolish bail movement, which is very popular among um, Republican-funded think tanks. So what happens is there is this frenetic rush to let people go. Don't hold them. Don't hold them. So the problem with that is even if you are not a sanctuary and you're not thwarting federal immigration law, there's not enough time to deal with it. And in the alacrity to release them, they're not checking properly if they are criminal aliens and turning them over to ICE. This is what the concern that Ken Paxton, the uh, Texas attorney general, expressed when Harris County in Texas was contemplating abolishing bail. And they said, wait a minute. Well, you know, we have a state law, very justifiably so, to um, force you guys to cooperate with ICE, which is federal law. So, you know, his concern was you're going to have a lot of criminal aliens being released, because let me tell you, in Harris County, when you're talking about crime in Harris County, well, a heck of a lot of them are going to be illegal aliens. To demonstrate the premonition of Attorney General Ken Paxton, I give you the dead body of Mark Knapp. And this is not in Texas. This took place near Syracuse, New York, Wayne County. And I know we got some good listeners from that that part of the country, and I'm forgetting how I saw this story. Um, This was a little while ago. But basically, the same day that this dude, this um, Severano, killed um, Jackson, the Vietnam War veteran in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Mark Knapp was killed when he was ejected from his compact tractor. It was parked on his shoulder, like a farm tractor, I guess. And he was hit beat from behind by Heriberto Perez Valesquez, a drunk driving illegal alien who allegedly plowed into his back, killed him. Um, he, he fled police. He was charged with DUI manslaughter, driving without a license, and fleeing from police. Very tragic, right? Illegal alien. Two days, by the way, two days, two people killed by an illegal alien drunk driver. And I guarantee you, there are Americans killed by illegal alien drunk drivers in every state every day. And, and these are just the ones I happen to see. And it's random how I saw them. Some of them are thanks to the audience. Um, there's so much more of this. If, if I only wanted to, if I wanted to seed my entire focus of conservatism, of good public policy to just one issue, illegal alien vehicular homicides, I would have endless work. It is a devastatingly pervasive problem. It's one of the most underreported epidemics in this country. But this too, as you well know, if you get behind the wheel drinking stone drunk, which this guy was, it wasn't like borderline, you're clearly doing it all the time. It is so avoidable. Now look, I'm one to say that generally speaking, We need to get tougher on DUIs even for Americans, just in terms of criminal law. But no, 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 no. It's a prison population. So many people are cut short in the the prime of their lives. Suddenly, and I told you, I just had this with with a friend. Um, It wasn't a drunk driving, but it was, you know, she was run over by a reckless uh, elderly driver who shouldn't be driving. 
these things are devastating because there's no warning. It's not like someone gets cancer and they're kind of sick for a while. And, you know, as hard as it is, you're somewhat emotionally prepared, at least a little bit. Um, these things are devastating but when people get killed um, by drunk drivers. Um, again, a lot of people don't know that the CBP commissioner, um, Mark Morgan, uh, his father, he told me his father was killed by a drunk driver. And, um, but here's the deal. I'm sure many of you are thinking, all right, well, when was this Velasquez guy driving drunk, uh, you know, before? Well, just three weeks before, on October 18th, in Wayne County, it's the adjacent county there in New York. He was police caught his car like parked in the middle of a street, and they found he was stone drunk, 0.22%, like well over double the legal level. He was um, charged with aggravated driving while intoxicated. They also tried to cuff him and he ran away, as always. They caught him without a license. Now, freeze frame. In many cases, it will be their sanctuaries or they don't inquire about his history, and it's an immigration problem, they let him go. And that, we report all the time, this happens. This is where jailbreak comes in. The local police were actually good there. They found he didn't have documentation, no driver's license, they called ICE. ICE said, hold him for us, we, we don't have time to come this second, we'll get someone down there. And um, they found he was a Guatemalan illegal alien who was previously deported. And what basically happened was, this is where you need to know another fact. We did a show on this. We had numerous articles. The state of New York just passed a jailbreak bill, essentially abolishing bail for most crimes. Now, it's not set to be enacted until January 1st, but as we noted in an article last week, the state officials have already gotten a head start on it, and they're already just doing it. So in the prosecutor's office, they spoke to them like, yeah, this, this is a guy that fits the criterion. He wound up being let go. Now, what do you mean he's an illegal alien? Now, I don't know where the communication broke down there, but this is a classic dem demonstration of the conjoinment, the, the convergence of jailbreak and sanctuaries. In this case, it wasn't a sanctuary proper. It's going to happen a lot. We're in the alacrity to just let go everyone, even those that we could totally hold on the immigration status and take off the streets. Three weeks prior, he was out drunk driving. Then on November 8th, three weeks later, killed Mark Knapp. Mark Knapp, Samuel Jackson, two great Americans killed because of illegal aliens that were previously in the hands of local law enforcement and could have totally been removed. They could have been alive, 100%. And folks, this is just a snapshot of what happens. Imagine if Republicans would have legislation on this. Imagine if they'd run on this. But that's where we are. That's where we are. Now that we're on, well, before I get back to full jailbreak, just now that we're on the legal immigration side of things, this is from a press release from ICE's Seattle office. They sent to me, ICE HSI helps to remove more than 3,500 sexual predators from community over last year. Throughout the years, ICE H HSI child exploitation prevention efforts morphed from a small center in Fairfax, Virginia, into a worldwide initiative 
that includes agents across HSI Seattle's area of responsibility. Um, and they basically said that in FY19, HSI initiated 4,224 child exploitation cases, resulting in 3,771 criminal arrests and identified or rescued 1,066 victims, an increase of nearly 18% over last year. That's a hell of a lot of illegal alien child sex offenders. These are just child sex offenders. 4,224 cases. They give an example um, here. Locally, HSI agents in the Seattle AOR arrested hundreds of individuals for child pornography violations, including youth sports coach, elementary school music teacher, nurse assistant, suspected rapist, child sex tourist, and a number of other previously convicted registered sex offenders. By the way, that is so rich. The concept of an illegal alien on a sex registry. Like, hey, we're just going to like leave him in the country on a, on a sex registry. Um, because we don't have enough of our own. We got to import them. Illegal alien sex offenders, illegal alien drunk drivers. Those are two crimes that you could take it to your grave are even more pervasive among the illegal alien population than among the American population. Even if that weren't true, every one committed by them by definition is avoidable. But anyway, here's a case. They list a bunch of cases. Here's one Yasmani Gomez Sandoval. 36 of, of um, Gooding, Idaho. Nothing personal. I never even heard of that place. It's got to be, I could imagine, a picturesque, nice Idaho town. Well, now they have a guy like this there. Was sentenced to 240 months in prison to be followed by a life term of supervised release for possession of child pornography. Um, they found 71 images and 15 videos depicting child pornography. Um, Sandoval admitted to agents that he that he accessed the online chat room and traded images of child pornography. He also admitted to agents that he had recently sexually abused a six or seven year old child and had sexually abused three other children between the ages of four and six. God have mercy. Man. Tiny Idaho town now has this garbage there. Now let's get back to domestic jailbreak. So yesterday they held a hearing in the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Crime on the need to abolish bail. Now they call it bail reform, just like criminal justice reform, aka abolish prison. This is abolish bail, meaning let everyone go. Um, so the exclusive focus of these people are on the criminal. Oh, there's too many criminals unjustly sentenced for too long. There's too many criminals unjustly held pre-trial on too high of bond or something, or any bond. We have Mike Lee out there. Mike Lee, supposedly the most conservative senator. Him and Dick Durbin and 11 Democrats. So just him and Democrats introduced the Smarter Sentencing Act yesterday. Really, the stupid sentencing act. So his his first act, you want to know what the second step is? Well, this is what it is. So the first one didn't let out enough people. So he, so he um, this one is going to basically expand the safety valve and basically abolish mandatories backdoor in back, certain backdoor ways for anyone with more than two criminal points on their history. It's going to um, 
I mean, all the mandatories of everyone. These are the guys today serving mandatory. See, more than half don't get the mandatories. They're already jailbreaked. If you today, in this era of jailbreak, in this era of the federal prosecutors being flooded with the worst gangbangers and drug offenders doing the worst murders and robberies, and you're still sentenced to that, you are the worst of the worst. And this piece of garbage, Mike Lee, has the nerve to introduce another bill, which doesn't yet, to my knowledge, have text, at least as of now, a, the title is a bill to focus limited federal resources on the most serious offenders. So that's like a separate companion bill. But this thing, the smarter, the stupid sentencing act. This is what we have Republicans doing. Who needs Democrats? Who needs this whole focus on impeachment? It doesn't matter. But they, but, you know, you might think, oh, this is not going to go anywhere. Well, the first one did pass. But moreover, in all the states, they're enacting this on a state level. And this is at a time when the federal prison population has plummeted 20%. It's at the lowest level in 30 years. Here's the irony. And I know I, I said I was going to get to the case, but I'm just building up to it. Washington Free Beacon, I guess really the only website I know of other than us that focuses on jailbreak on the right side of it, Squad member Presley offers plan to dismantle criminal justice system. Representative Ayanna Pr Presley, a Democrat socialist and member of Rep um, uh, ACO's squad, on Thursday released a comprehensive proposal to overhaul America's criminal justice system. The plan, according to Presley's office, is designed to fix, quote, a racist, xenophobic, rogue, and fundamentally flawed criminal legal system, replacing it with a system that is smaller, safer, less punitive, and more humane. Um, and basically, uh, what does it have there? Um, decriminalization of victimless crimes that they call. Um, Low-level offenses, quality, you know, public order laws. See, here's the funny thing. Now, I'm not reading the bill here, but some of the aspects of this and it's pretty bad they're actually not even officially as bad as mike lee's bill see you guys are now seeing and, and and what's funny is this is one thing that has percolated into broader conservative media they're all talking about this prosecutor bodine in san francisco and this thing with the defecation on the streets and the homeless people are starting to see that it's not just me but the irony is yes these, these are the devastating results of not enforcing even the low-level offenses like public order stuff. But ironically, the same conservative movement is going along with letting out and reducing sentencing for the worst federal gangbang drug traffickers. And in this bill, it's really everyone. Firearms offenders. I mean, these are the worst of the worst. It's not even like the loitering and the the defecating thing you know so in in some ways mike lee's bill is more radical than than presley's i mean it has some pretty radical stuff in it this is the duopoly this is the unibrow two sides of one coin as a friend of mine just told me we have a lot of logical outcomes from illogical ideas these are evil illogical ideas 
but the outcomes are very logical. We know exactly what's going to happen from them. So just thought you should know that, that you and I are lectured to that the new conservatism is essentially what AOC and her crowd want. The biggest agenda item. Notice they're obsessed with it. It's one of the top things with Elizabeth Warren at the presidential debates. You don't hear it from conservative media, but you hear it from the left. And they're enacting it. This is not just like some sort of a wish list. It's already there. They don't think it's enough. They want more. And we have one think tank after another, one conservative donor after another, pumping in billions of dollars. For every one of me on the pro-victim, pro-law enforcement side of the equation, there are a thousand paid staffers working in legal groups, political groups, state and federal policy shops promoting this crap. It's a one-sided fight. It's even more one-sided than the immigration fight, which is pretty one-sided. So what do we have here? This guy, a name you should know, that you probably won't know, is Ibrahim Yazid. Now, I don't think this is an immigration case. I think he's a black Muslim convert. I'm not sure about that, but I just, from looking at his background, it doesn't appear to be an immigrant. Um, so, But he does appear to be Muslim, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that's not the point here. Um, on October 24th, uh, the UFC community was rocked by the news that um, Ania Blanchard, the 19-year-old stepdaughter of UFC uh, heavyweight star Walt Harris, um, I never heard of him. I, I just don't follow UFC, but I know some of you do. Um, they were rocked by news that um, uh, Anya was just disappeared suddenly in front of a convenience store, last seen at a convenience store in Auburn, Alabama. And it, it just it just didn't look good from day one. I mean, it looked like, oh, man, I mean, this this looks like a kidnapping murder. It just didn't look good. And, you know, for about two weeks, they were frantically looking. They were raising money as a reward. Um on November 7th, I mean, they already had suspected him and put it out, but on November 7th, they announced that um, Ibrahim Yazid was a person of interest. And the next day, he was captured by U U.S. Marshals um, near Pensacola, just south in Florida. Um, he was held without bond there. Luckily, then he was held without bond. He was extradited to Alabama, and he's being held in Auburn on first-degree kidnapping charges. Uh, they basically they have an eyewitness um, where he was saying he was forcing Blanchard into a vehicle. Um, they believe he was with other people, so there's other suspects as well. And then they found blood indicative of, unfortunately, uh, someone suffering a life-threatening injury, according to the police report, on the passenger side of Blanchard's vehicle. So it doesn't look good. They don't have a confession from him, nor do they have a body. So certainly, you know, there's still hope she's alive, but it, it doesn't look good. And it looks like this might be a, a homicide. But for now, he's charged with first degree kidnapping. And there are other suspects and we'll see what happens now. Sadly, this this happens a lot in America. Um, there appears to be no um, connection between the two. It appears to be random. 
um, which unfortunately happens a lot. It's not only known people. Uh, he was seen on cameras um, at the convenience store with her. And they're, they're, they're positive it's him. I mean, you got to obviously convict him. And they also seem to be pretty certain that they're going to make other arrests. So, I, I mean, I haven't looked. This is from yesterday. I haven't looked to see if there's news today. You guys could keep me updated on this. But here's the kicker. As you well suspect, this wasn't his first rodeo. You see, much like every illegal alien crime is avoidable, and certainly every subsequent one, many subsequent violent offenses, murder, kidnapping, rape of all criminals, including Americans, are avoidable if we actually deterred and punished previous crimes properly. This man had a rap sheet. So basically, in April 2011, he was arrested on two counts of first-degree robbery. January 2012, he um, was arrest arrested for attempted murder of two cops um, in Montgomery, Alabama, where he was accused of plowing into a police car as the eight, uh, officers were getting out of their car. There were two policemen getting out of their car. They weren't. I don't think they were injured in the end. I don't think he got them. He's at a gas station. 2015, he had a felony drug conviction and a gun charge. Um, that year, he had multiple traffic and drug arrests from what I see on the um, criminal records. Um, and he was fleeing from police. He basically barely served time. He wound up getting, you know, maybe a couple days in jail and then six days, six months probation. He went to Missouri in 2017 in July. He was arrested for aggravated battery of a law enforcement officer fleeing police and drug charges. He did in that case. Finally, he was held pre-trial. He was in jail for seven months. But once the trial came, they disposed of the case by basically giving him time served. And he was out a day or two later. That leads us to February of this year. Montgomery, Alabama. He was picked up on attempted murder charges. He was basically picked up on two counts of robbery, attempted murder, possession of marijuana, two counts of kidnapping as well. He allegedly beat two elderly men severely, and one victim was, quote, unconscious, unresponsive, and severely injured and near death. I'm assuming he didn't die in the end. So you would think, I mean, based on my experience watching these cases, at this point, given his, what he was picked up on doing and his rap sheet, he would be held without bond. Okay, in a case like that. But no, he was released on two, two, 280,000 bond. Now, I'm looking at a punk like this, and I can't imagine he posted 280,000. So I'm assuming the cash bond probably, I, but I don't quote me on this. I don't want to say for sure. I'm assuming it was a 10% deal, one of these type of things, where it's more like 20, 30,000. Um, but either way, he should have been held without any bond. He was out the very next day. Ania Blanchard is probably dead because of that. Ania Blanchard, you know, these are people that will never, ever have their voices heard. I, I hate to say this, but I'm hoping because the UFC community is behind this and he's kind of a celebrity 
the father, you know, you got to fight celebrities with celebrities. Oh, one funny thing. So um, this guy's uh, Facebook page, this guy, Ibrahim Yazid. So he, he talks about Allah and whatever, you know, all the time. There's one posting where um, it's something like he is obsessed. I, I got this from heavy.com, the aggregating site. So you guys could, could research that um, to make sure I'm, you know, it, I'm not making a mistake here, but he on his website likes on his Facebook page. I mean, likes all of the Kardashians loves the Kardashians. I guess so. I don't blame him for liking them. The Kardashians got him at a, at a jail. And you know what? The Kardashians are getting your president, your law and order president, Mr. Trump, to do the same. One more case. And again, I could go on and on and on. For every one sob story, oh, this poor schlepper was arrested for nothing and held forever without because he couldn't pay the bond. The worst of the worst let go. Another case here. So Anya Blanchard is one name you'll never hear from. Another one is London Harrell, a 19-year-old um, Central California, University of Central California student. She was walking on a grassy, well into a grassy area on campus when a car plowed into her, um, violently killing her. Um, it was an illegal alien. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was not an illegal alien case. His name is Yusuf Hassan. He, I, I believe I found he is a U.S. citizen. I don't know if he was an immigrant, like a naturalized citizen. But Yusuf Hassan um, was arrested. Um, there was blood and hair matching Harold's found on his windshield. Um, he fled police. He, the police said he had bloodshot, glassy eyes, slurred speech, and was stumbling. And he failed the sobriety test. Um, this took place in June. This took place in June. Now, um, so this is a pretty serious thing. He fled police, vehicular manslaughter through DUI. Um, now, this guy, of course, had a massive rap sheet dating back to 2010 when he would have just been like 16 years old. Um, traffic violations, drugs, trespassing, shoplifting, theft, numerous firearms violations, never served a day in jail from what I can see. Um, and he was he was also a nine tray Gangster Bloods, very violent crime um, uh, gang that has a mix of foreign nationals and and uh, you know American citizens. And despite all of that, and even after killing Harold, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was let out on eleven thousand five hundred bond. Now Harold didn't officially die until a few days later, so it was you know severe bodily injury. Once she died, they upgraded the charges to vehicular manslaughter and they upped it to 75,000 bond. Again, I don't know how much he actually had to pay. Remember, they don't have to pay that. And he, he posted it in September. He violated the terms of his release by tampering with his ankle bracelet, but the judge refused to revoke his bail. To this day, he is out on the streets. Paula Cobb, Harold's mother, his choices killed our daughter. He is a proven danger to our community with a deadly violent drug and gun-related past. Voices of these victims are never heard. And we are told there's not enough of this. We are told 
we're too tough. There's too many people in jail. Too many people held. Pre-trial. Why am I the only one talking about this? That's your homework. Email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Why am I the only one talking about this? Is this, not, is, is this not severe enough? Maybe not. But again, as long as things like this are going on, I just can't get hyped up about impeachment. And you know what? As long as the President Trump does not return to his former position on the issue of crime, I'm not that excited either about him. I don't want Elizabeth Warren. I'm not saying I do. But I'm just saying we need to get on this guy's tail to start being a voice for this. Because I'm just telling you, this is a dangerous trend. I just saw um, violent crime is up. Robberies are up um, uh, 36%. Violent crime up 11%. In Atlanta, big metro area, more and more places were reversing the trend. And remember, this is in an era where so many of these cases we're talking about, they caught them with cameras, facial recognition software, stuff we didn't have in the 70s, 80s crime bubble. So there's no logical reason why we should be having more crime. If anything, it should be going down because all, almost all these criminals are caught. We're catching more people than ever. Every square inch of the universe is full of cameras. A carjacking is a carjacking. A drunk driving is a drunk driving. A murder is a murder, a rape's a rape. There's no high tech. I'm saying the technology hasn't improved, whereas the technology of identifying and tracking down and monitoring people for better, for worse, in this case, for better, we may as well utilize Big Brother for the good. We should, if we had proper sentencing and punishment in conjunction with technology that catches them, you'd have so much less crime in this country. Again, it's like saying at least we're not at 1890 levels of life expectancy. But everything we've done with medical advances, we should enjoy and continue to enjoy a downward trajectory. Same thing here. With everything we enjoy with updated police technology, it's a no-brainer that we should have much less crime than ever before, and yet we now have a hockey stick model with, after the 25-year-long downward trend, we are now reversing the one positive public policy social trend in our lifetime. And guess what? The Republican Party thinks that not enough people are let out of prison. Where does that leave you and me? That is my homework for you. What should we do about this? What should be the next step? Email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Like our videos, every one of these shows, at Conservative Reviews uh, uh, YouTube page. I was going to say Facebook page, but you can like our Facebook page as well. We have a lot of good written content there. Um, keep sending me your stories, your cases, what you feel is not being talked about enough in the public sphere. And remember, send these, these shows to every one of your friends. I don't care if they're liberal or conservative. There's nothing about this show that's even about any of this politics. This is stuff we should all agree on. Okay, we disagree maybe on taxes, abortion, whatever. But I mean, this is... I guarantee you, most of your liberal friends, family, and neighbors would agree with this. 
The silent majority agrees with this. The average Democrat voter in this country has more common sense than even the most conservative Republican think tanky type of DC swamp person. More than right versus left, what we really have in this country is a battle of up versus down. It's us versus the elites. And this issue of crime, certainly criminal aliens, that brings it out more than anything. I do apologize that I didn't get to other issues this week, but I felt this was important to focus on this as these issues come up. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend. Stay safe, stay fit, stay vigilant, and most importantly, stay faithful. <laughs>